Hello, I am your host, Kiva Clements, and you're listening to Optimistic Waves, the podcast designed to share stories, experiences, and ask questions to inspire and encourage you, the listener. Today, I am joined by founder of Children in Crossfire, Richard Murr, and his work colleague, Clara, to discuss the events this charity is doing to promote World Water Day, which is taking place on Tuesday the 22nd of March 2022. Children Crossfire is a charity based in Derry slash Derry in Ireland, which brings awareness to children living in poverty. Children in Crossfire has already installed water wells across Africa to help give people clean water. The journey started when Richard, at the age of 10 years old, was shot by a British soldier in 1972 during the Troubles in Northern Ireland. Rather than expressing emotions of anger and bitterness, he advocates for people to forgive people who may have harmed them or hurt them. In 2006, Richard met the soldier, whose name is Charles. The two individuals have become close friends since. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Starting at the beginning, what inspired you, Richard, to have founded Children in Crossfire? Uh, I suppose what, what encouraged me to start Children in Crossfire was my own experience. You probably know I lost my eyesight through being shot and blinded by a rubber bullet in 1972 when I was 10 years old. But, you know, to be honest, you know, I always say it, the important part about my experience is not so much been shot and blinded as what happened from the moment I was shot and blinded. And, you know, I've been on the receiving end of so much help and so much support throughout my life that um, I suppose in my young adult years, I began to realise that the reason why I bounced back so well from being shot and blinded was down the I would say four broad things. The fact that I come from a good family, the fact that I come from a good community, the fact that um, I had opportunities avail- available to me, you know, been able to go back to school and get an education for myself and stuff like that. And then the lack of anger and bitterness in my life and I suppose the presence of forgiveness. So all those things converged to sort of help me sort of get over blindness and turn blindness into what is and has been a positive experience for me. And uh, when I made the decision to start Children in Crossfire 25 years ago now, I kind of only ever wanted to give back some of what I received. And, um, you know, so uh, I, I kind of realized that, you know, no matter who you are, no matter how difficult the circumstances might seem, Every child, given the right opportunity in life, could grow and blossom and, you know, contribute in a positive way to their own lives and the lives of their community and stuff like that. So that was primarily my motivation. You know, I I would kind of say that if there's children around today who are benefiting from education, uh, or benefiting from our food programs or water programs, it's not because of me or it's not even because of children in Crossfire. It's because of those people in my life, like my family, the local community and stuff like that, that showed me what real love and compassion actually was.
What advice would you give to a young person or a young adult going through a tough situation? How do they turn anger into positivity? Uh, well, I'm, I'm lucky in a sense that I never experienced any anger or any hatred about what happened to me. And uh, what, what, what I would say to any young person, look, it's, it's okay to be angry. You know, I, I didn't feel it, but I, I can understand that people do feel angry. But when you weigh it all up, like what purpose does it serve? You know, anger is really only a self-destruct emotion. It destroys you from the inside out. And so I would describe it as, or somebody once described it as, you know, anger is like drinking a cup of poison and expecting the other person to die. And that's really what it is. And it, I think it, it would affect your own ability to function normally. It would affect your own ability to find happiness and contentment. And putting all that energy into anger and hatred and all that, uh, I don't think it serves any purpose. So I, that's what I would say to any young person, that if you can manage to approach whatever hurtful experience you might have in life in a different way, um, then I think you'll be a lot happier for it. I feel like a lot of people, especially young people, can relate to that. What work does Children in Crossfire do to help others? Uh, well, Children in Crossfire, you know, I suppose our main entry point on these, well, first of all, we work in Tanzania and Ethiopia. That's the two countries we focus on mainly. And um, our main entry point on the Tanzania and Ethiopia is providing access to pre-primary education. So really focusing on children under eight, under six years of age. Um, and that involves, you know, training teachers, providing classroom resources, and also building classrooms. Um, but as well as that, you know, when children are, you can provide a classroom and teachers and resources, but if those children are suffering from, say, waterborne diseases like diarrhea, vomiting from drinking dirty water, or if they haven't had a meal in a day or two days or just one meal a day, how is a child expected to learn or focus when they're ill or weak or malnourished? So it's very important that we not only train these teachers and we provide the resources and all the things that I just mentioned, but that you also, where possible, look at tackling the issues around the health of those children so that they have the best possible chance to learn. So, and I suppose the question is, why do we do pre-primary education? Well, there's a lot of work you could do in the developing countries around a whole lot of issues. But, you know, how is a country ever going to navigate itself out of poverty if it has a community that's not educated? And we in our world all know the importance of education. I want my children to be educated. I'm sure anybody listening to this will want their children to be educated and want them to have the best possible education that they could get because of the opportunities that it opens up and provides for those children going forward. Now, if, if, if it's a country like Tanzania and Ethiopia in abject poverty, how is that country ever going to build a sustainable society 
if it doesn't have an educated society where you have your doctors, your nurses, your bricklayers, your joiners, your teachers, all the things that every society relies on. But what's happening in a lot of developing countries like Tanzania and Ethiopia is children aren't going into school until they're eight or nine years of age. And by that stage, most of their development has already happened. So they're already at a disadvantage. So they go into school, they stay for a while, and they drop out. Those that stay at school perform badly. So there's loads and loads of research out there that, that would support getting children at as young an age as possible. But again, we don't need to be convinced of that in our society. Tuesday the 22nd of March is World Water Day. What events do you have lined up for World Water Day? Okay, so we have our Spring Swim, which is happening on the 20th of March, so this Sunday. So we're hosting it down, our own one, at Ned's Point in Donegal. So a group of us are meeting there, and we're going to go into the sea, and we're using that kind of the sea to celebrate you know, the World Water Day as well. But we also have other groups around Ireland and a couple in England that will be hosting their group swim. And we're going to be doing it simultaneously at the same time. So we'll have it all on our Facebook page so we can help celebrate World Water Day. So how are these events going to promote access to clean water? Well, I suppose, um, you know, obviously Children and Crossfire raise funds throughout the year. And with those funds, we are able to... Uh, to like build wells in Ethiopia, for example, in Ethiopia, Tanzania, but mainly Ethiopia is where we would do most of our water program. Um, we have a partnership with St. Luke's Hospital there. And I think in, in the last couple of years, we've built about 10 wells in the, what we would call the South Shore Zone of Ethiopia. And when you consider each well costs us about 10,000 pounds to install, um, on average, you know, it could be 8,000, it could be 12,000, so it's on average 10,000. And that well is there forever more than a day to provide access to clean water for a whole village, for a full, you know, for a lifetime and beyond. And as well as that, we've also put water, a, a, a deep well on the St. Luke's Hospital itself, because that hospital, uh, and particularly the children's ward there was without water for a good percentage of the year. You know, during the dry season, when the water shelf drops and the normal shallow wells can't reach can't reach the, the water, then they draw it up. So um, we put a steep well, a, 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 a deep well in there, which is actually providing water for the whole hospital throughout the year. So like it's quite significant and events, you know, without events, like what Clara described there, you know, the, the various fundraising events, then um, we wouldn't have the resources to do that. Um, and, and, and then, you know, it's good that we can focus on water. They, they help people realize that there are communities in Tanzania and Ethiopia that just don't have access to water the way you and me have. That there are children drinking dirty water every day. That there are people having to walk miles to get access to clean water. So, although it's a fundraising event and that's very important, they allow us to continue the work. But also, it's a great opportunity to highlight how valuable water actually is. 
I think as well, it's a fundraising event, but it's also a way to educate people the fact that we are so privileged to have clean water. Like me and you probably wake up in the morning, walk to our kitchen to get fresh water, but these people have to walk miles. You know, I've been to Africa and, and many of my colleagues here have been out to Africa at different times over the last 25 years. And, you know, it's amazing how precious a commodity water actually is. And like me or you or all of us, we do take water for granted. I do anyway. Like, you know, you have a bathroom in the house, you have a kitchen in the house, you have a fridge with maybe water coming through that. And, you know, sometimes we would put out a glass of water and drink half of it and pour the rest out of the sink without even thinking about it. We never think for one minute, we'll get up in the morning and turn on the water tap and use it to clean our teeth or, or, or wash ourselves. We just do it without thinking. It's, it's as natural as getting out of bed itself. And those are things that we that that the world that I live in, I just take for granted. And when you go out to Africa and you go out to those remote villages, you realise water is such a precious thing. Can anyone get involved in these events? Is it for everyone from like young people to older people? Yeah, well, we host uh, different events during the year. Um, and we vary from doing abseils to walks. So depending on the event, absolutely, anyone can join in. Specifically for this water one, you know, we would say, you know, bring your children along. We do have a lifeguard there, but we are targeting at an, an age where you kind of can go in yourself safely and you can swim strongly. Where can people find additional information for these events? So our Facebook has always got our events on there. We have Facebook events and Facebook groups that we use. Also our Instagram page as well. We have stories where you'll be able to find out what we're up to and any events that are coming up. But you can also as well go on our website, uh, childrenandcrossfire.org slash get involved. And there are links there of you know who you can contact or what we have coming up as well. Do people need to like sign up? Do they need to register or how does that work? Depending on the event. Um, so for this one here, we just have our event page and they can just click going interested um, and we can contact them or they can turn up. But it, it does vary, like I said. Um, so with our event that we're hosting here on Sunday, anyone can come at 10.30. We've posted where, we, where we're going to be and we have a map there and we can do a sign up on arrival. Uh, specifically for the events for World Water Day, do people need to know anything like times, locations? So you mentioned that these swims are taken across the whole island of Ireland and England. What locations are they taking place so people know where to find their nearest swim? So the best way for anyone to find a nearest swim is if they contact us through our Facebook page and we'll be able to find out where their location is and hook them up with the groups that are going on around Ireland and England. So because it's a fundraising event, um, how are you encouraging people? So say if someone wants to take part, but they can't swim, <laughs> can they come along for the day? And is there a way they can still fundraise? Oh, absolutely. So they can come along for the day and just see everyone having, um, running into the sea and getting wet and, you know, have a free hot chocolate on us. Um, but we are doing donations on the day um, and there are online fundraisers as well. And also, you know, if anyone does see our stories and they want to donate, they can go onto our website and we have a donate button there. Um, 
and they can just talk to us at the event and we can just give them more ways if they want to donate or fundraise for us you do see water as like such a valuable thing and I think that's so important to highlight on the day of these events because we are privileged to like grow up in a country where you don't have to worry about things like that so um will you be talking about things like this on the day like creating awareness by like educating people yeah absolutely um we'll be we'll be talking about the projects that uh, we're going to do that relate to world water day um and again we'll be sharing stories over our social media platforms if you could give anyone say advice to anyone right now an inspirational quote what would it be uh, <laughs> uh, one more question uh, well um i suppose the only thing that i would say is look a, a little goes a long way and you know whether it be a pound or whether it be two pound and the countries where we operate that is quite a lot of money and you know with all those one pounds and two pounds that people give us it's it can make a massive difference in a developing country never think that you are you know, too small or you don't give enough to make a difference. Somebody once used the expression, you know, have you ever tried sleeping in a room with a mosquito? You know, it's a wee small insect, but we all know that it can eat you alive when you're lying sleeping at night. And and it's so you can have an enormous impact. So never think that the you know anything is too small. And I, the other thing I would say is look, it's an amazing to think that something like this, going to a beach, doing something that is really good fun, that we just take for granted, can actually be used in a way to change somebody else's life somewhere else in the world. Children in Crossfire has 25 years now of doing international development work. Over those 25 years, we've probably invested somewhere in the region of about 40 million pounds in developing countries and we couldn't do that without the support that we receive and you know children in crossfire and the communities we work with in tanzania and ethiopia do rely on the kindness and generosity of others so when you look at these communities in Tanzania and Ethiopia, they aren't really looking for a handout. They aren't, this isn't about charity. This is about people asking for the same basic human rights that you and me have come to take for granted in our lives. Dare anybody deny my children access to clean water? Dare anybody deny my children access to a proper education and a decent classroom with a good teacher and with good resources. Could you imagine the uproar in our world if that was to happen? If our children were left hungry. So all of these communities are asking for is the same basic human rights that you and me expect in our lives and for our children. So when you support a charity like Children in Crossfire, don't always think of it as kind of charity. 
think about it as you're actually helping a community get the rights they deserve. Every child deserves to be protected. Every child deserves the right to have a home life, a family life, and to be, be healthy. And when you think about it, like, you know, um, it, you know, if, if you were to ask anybody, what do they want for their children? What would they say? They want their children to be happy and they want their children to be healthy. And that's all the African mother or the woman in the village in Tanzania and Ethiopia are asking for as well. They just want their children to be happy and they want their children to be healthy. And through supporting this event and other events run by Children of Crossfire, we are doing that. Thank you for listening. Today was the last episode of season one. I want to thank Richard and Clara from Children Crossfire for making this episode very special and touching. If you have listened to this episode or any other episode, thank you. It means the world to me. While season two is being developed, you can keep updated with the podcast on our socials. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, I hope you have a good day.